0: Hello, everyone. This is Hello. Scott McNamara with What's New in Adapted Physical Education. And ex- we have an exciting episode where we're talking with some in- an international scholar, uh, Dr. Kwok Ning. He is going to talk about a special issue that he recently did, a-, a full issue in the Adapted Physical Activity Quarterly Journal, talking about the Para Report Card on Physical Activity for Children and Adolescents with Disabilities. Uh, He is an accomplished scholar, and he is from, you're going to have to help me out with this, and I'll have to, because I know you're in several places, University does work in University of Limerick, Ireland, University of Turku, Finland, is that right, and then University of Eastern Finland.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, um, I, I have a fortunate or unfortunate scene, how would you like to interpret it? Uh, position to be in three different institutions covering different areas of health promotion and adaptive physical activity. That's where, where I work at, and and I got my PhD from the University of Uvascular in adaptive physical activity under the supervision of uh, Professor Pauli Rintela. Yeah, it was very nice to create a special issue in APEC. And it was really good to have people supporting that idea and in particular with the publisher to to make it available for free for people to read. It was a short but intense process to have this produced. And, of course, getting everybody involved in that has been, has been a really wonderful experience. Absolutely. And
0: I'm having you on the podcast because it is such a massive... Piece of work that you've all done and it informs so much on an international level uh back in march this year we had heidi stanish come to it come in she's from the university of boston massachusetts and she came into our state conference and she was our keynote speaker and spoke about the para report card uh, and actually all this whole year i've seen stuff at NAFAPA and isapa all on this and i think that this is a truly important uh, piece of work. Before we get into the para report card and define that and all that, and I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Quak Quak. you've been on the show once or twice before, it's probably been a few years. Um, can you situate yourself a little bit within where you are, where, who you are in the field of adaptive physical activity, and maybe a little bit about your experience in ISAPA, which we've talked and covered a little bit in this podcast um, and at, right after you talk, we'll have talked about the. I had uh, Robert Townsend on, mm. and he talked a little bit about Isop in New Zealand. But just situate yourself a little bit.
1: Yeah. No. Thanks. Thanks for bringing me back on the show. First of all, Scott, it's lovely to to be on this uh, uh, podcast. Yeah. So I I've got a docent title now of health promotion and, and adaptive physical activity. So what that means, it's the most terminal degree that you can get in terms of educational status in. Finland and most of Europe. Uh, it means that I've been positioning myself, you know, in the areas of understanding physical activity from national surveillance studies mainly, uh, leading to interventions for children and adolescents with disabilities. And that's uh, much of my work in that area. I also look at different health behaviours, which is where physical activity is one type of health promotion behaviour. Sometimes we look at some of the other Uh, determinants or correlates, whether it's to do with them being bullied or bullying as a behavior, whether there's other types of behaviors and other health outcomes like mental health and, and things like this. I also chair a group called the Chronic Conditions and Disability Group at the Health Behaviors and School-Aged Children Study. So that is also another big international study. There's over 50 countries involved in that. It's a WHO, uh, so it's World Health Organization, uh, European Region Collaborative Study as well. And that's what I did my PhD on, Then, then national studies in Finland and in Ireland uh, to collect surveillance data on physical activity. I've always been an advocate to make sure that we include people, children, adolescents with disabilities in these surveys. That's been an, a constant discussion with all of the uh, different uh, data collectors. And as, as a result of this, we've tried to find an agreed level of, of collecting uh, data on disabilities, but still... It's, it's a difficult instrument to include when you have self-reported surveys. And then there's other work we've been working on with UFAPA, uh, the European Federation of Adaptive Physical Activity, where I'm vice president there, there's been some projects I've been involved in, in terms of teaching and training people in adaptive physical activity in different areas. And and also I'm vice president of IFAPA, the International Federation of Adaptive Physical Activity, where we, where we recently hosted the International Symposium of Adaptive Physical Activity in New Zealand. This is the ISAPA that, that you mentioned, which I believe you won an award recently. So congratulations for that one, Scott. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's wonderful that you were able to be there and collect that award. For me, the event was really, really nice. There was a nice mix of practitioners, researchers in a very, very nice place of the world. Difficult to get to, but Nonetheless, those who did make it there, I think think we had a a really good time, productive time as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing people at the next one, which if I can make the announcement already uh, and it's on the website, it's uh, it's going to be in Monster Island in 2025. So uh, watch this space, uh, visit the IPAPA website or visit ISAPA2025.com as as a place to find out uh, more about it um but yeah hope to see you all there
0: i'll add the uh, link to the post too so and yes very excited for 2025 uh i think it's going to be quite nice so in quite the it's in ireland right like on the what it is an island on
1: the west coast yes. uh western coast it should be re- relatively easy to get to and if people can't get to ireland that that time we are as a federation we've already agreed upon where we're going to be hosting it in 2027 as well which will be in exotic jordan so if uh if you can't make it in two years time then certainly in four years time hope to see people there as well
0: yeah i'm planning on going to both and i think i told you this at the conference my wife lived in uh jordan for like nine months uh in her 20s and so she really wants to go back so this is our excellent to go, so I'll be bringing my wife to Jordan. Um The global matrix of para report cards on physical activity of children and adolescents with disabilities. You did a massive project with a ton of people with a ton of countries, I believe 14 countries in all, and then a lot of people that you worked with to do this. Um, before we get into all the nitty gritties of how and, and the why, uh, let's start out with what is a para report card on physical activity? What, what was that and where does that idea stem from?
1: Okay, so the idea has come from the um, Active Healthy Kids Global Alliance Physical Activity Report Cards. What they have done is taken a report card that was issued in Canada and basically it's to simplify numbers into a report card like you would have in a school. In many countries around the world, they would use a, a letter to define the grade of how well a child is doing at school. So if you expand that out to a country of how well they're doing in terms of physical activity and put a grade on them, that's pretty much what a report card is. And um, the physical activity report card is not the only type of report card out there. There are other report cards out there as well. So it's uh, it becomes easy for policymakers to see uh, how well uh, the, their country is doing as well as helping the public to also see as well because most countries involved that do provide grades for their school children of how well they're doing will be able to relate to this as a internal progression and and so based on this whereby you know if you've if you grade a child a grade D in one year you expect that if they work hard enough or you have the good teaching and right support mechanisms they might get to a c minus the next year and so on and so forth and or if a child is on a they're an exemplar and you maybe expect that they would continue to be in a and other people would look to that shining student and same for this as as countries so Like with report cards in an academic context, there's different subjects, and like in physical activity, there are different types of modes of physical activity. So it's broken down into individual behaviours, and then there's different factors involved in that. So there's physical activity, overall physical activity, there's active play, active transport, physical fitness, sedentary behaviour as individual behaviours, and then there are some of the social influences which is like friends and family, community, environment, schools, and and then there's the government as well. I think I'm missing one of them. There should be ten of them, but anyway, you, you can see all ten of them listed on the um, on 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 the on the report cards, whether it's under the Active Healthy Kids Global Alliance website, which has all of the details in in, in good comprehensive details, or whether you look specifically at the APAC, the Adaptive Physical Activity Quarterly Special Issue, with the idea from the Active Healthy Kids Global Alliance, it, they started their global matrix in 2014, which was wonderful. There was 15 countries involved in that and they had have been growing. So every two years they've had, uh, if you miss COVID, every two years, they've been having a, a, uh, more report cards. So they've had global matrix one, global matrix two, which was 2016, global matrix three in 2018. And the most recent one uh, was 2022 for, for Global Matrix 4. And of course, there was COVID in the middle of all of this between three and four. So, in short, how do we say this is that in Global Matrix 2, there was, so, and, and one, but more pronounced in two, there was a, a limitation in the Global Matrix uh, physical activity report cards in that there was no uh, reporting of data with disabilities and kids with disabilities of how they were being graded. So at that point in 2016, I'd been working, I'd been finishing up on my PhD and we have been providing data sources in Finland with regards to the general physical activity. So Finland's been part of it since 2014 and, and 16, 18 and 2022. And we were asked um, to provide the data source, which comes from HPSC, to be one of the data sources for the indicators. So we could appraise overall physical activity. Also, at the same time, there was another national surveillance instrument in Finland, which could then provide information on some of the other indicators with regards to family support, uh, school and environment, as well as sedentary behaviour, active play, active transport, as well as uh, physical fitness. Now, of course, not all the indicators could be graded, in particular physical fitness. But nonetheless, that's how I became partly involved in this process, because our data was being used for, for other purposes. In 2018, when we made some changes in, I think it was there wasn't some changes, there were some updates in Finland, whereby we then decided that we would include disability data in a 2018 report card. And again, I'd been working on my postdoc by that time, using the 2016 data, and I got involved in in that to kind of answer the call of global matrix 2 just to that you know there's a lack of data on disabilities and we can't grade the children so we kind of set the scene whereby inside su- in our country in finland we could provide the data for this and we could then provide grades on children so that means that we could uh, put a stamp on children's with disabilities a uh, and also to make a comparison between those with and without disabilities at that time, the Netherlands decided to create a report card plus. so they used the same methodology, but then they also decided to put a plus on it because they just they would focus only on children with disabilities and chronic conditions and also a year after Global Matrix three, so this is two thousand nineteen, Hong Kong also produced a report card plus on children with special educational needs. And also in twenty eighteen under Global Matrix Three, in the national report card, there was also data with disabilities from the US. In total, there was like four countries which had data with disabilities. Only Finland and the US didn't call it anything special. They it was just put in the report card. But in the Netherlands, China and Hong Kong, China, that they called it Report Card Plus. So as we were preparing for global matrix four um i'd been asking around um and also asking active healthy kids global alliance you know are, are we in a position yet to have um, disability data grading grades for children with disabilities Because at the time where the who were reporting re- producing the WHO physical activity guidelines which would included children and well people with disabilities so at the time whereby the UN were interested in having a series of human rights cards on the importance of physical activity for children with disabilities it's also at a time where by the Lancet were also interested in in producing a a seminal paper on physical activity for people with disabilities with this I would have anticipated the answer would have been yes that you know the Active of Kids Global Alliance countries would be able to include data for disabilities. But it required a lot of work. And th- there was also COVID we also have in place. So it, there was delays in there. So to kind of ask the countries to look at the data and to then bring in an extra element into it, and it wasn't planned, it it, um, it was probably quite a, a big demand for the countries that had signed up. There was about 60 countries in Global Matrix uh for so you know they they have their own research teams that would then help synthesize the data to then produce the grades so in the meantime i suppose we made an agreement that we would do try to contact the countries separately and individually and also at the same time uh, we made an application to uh, do a special issue in apac which eventually got approved so we had a publication outlet for these power report cards and at that time we we called it an extension to the physical activity report cards because really what we're trying to do is just extend beyond we didn't want to call it plus because it it puts a label um but we could at least say the process was extending uh beyond what um the physical activity report cards were doing so then later on got renamed as power report card as in a parallel process because we did pretty much everything in parallel in the remaining closing stages of of this which included grading the data appraising the grades of the data and having a set of audits on that data and then writing them up and then writing publications these were all done pretty much in parallel with the physical activity report cards. The only thing that was not as parallel was the dissemination. And pretty much like the WHO guidelines, whereby they in November 20 what, 2020, they launched the physical activity guidelines. They included uh people with disabilities, but they didn't actually launch the paper which was led by Catherine carty until the the January following that. So they kind of had a second wind of producing, promoting the dissemination of, of that work. And it's similar to our situation whereby the Active Healthy Kids Global Alliance Physical Activity Report Cards, the Global Matrix 4.0 was, was launched at ISPA conference in November of 2022. And then we uh, did our own types of launch with APAC uh, earlier this year in 2023 with a bit of a delay. In some countries, they included their power report card results in their main report card data. So it became a general report card like the U.S. did for for report cards in 2018. And some other countries, they did it separately, and they may have had a separate dissemination point. So um, apologies for the very long answer to what was a very short question. But that was when you asked where it came from. That's, I think I've covered most of the bases for that.
0: That was, no, I think that was thorough. Uh, so I think we have a good understanding of where it came from. Now, and I think we get a somewhat understanding of, you know, the why, the why behind it too, of why you chose it. I do, I, I am curious as um, maybe the prior ones, how you saw them used and maybe how you think you'd like to see your pair report card used. Uh, in, you said something about policymaking and such. Um, have you seen that actually be tangibly used in those ways, uh, the, those matrices and report cards that you've seen?
1: I can only speak for the countries that I've worked with. So there might be other activities that I'm not aware of. I, I We don't have, this is one of our kind of issues is that we don't have a central hub. Unlike the... Active Healthy Kids Global Alliance, they have a central hub where all of these issues can be brought together. But also, because this is all voluntary work, and it's not membership-based, we haven't set up a hub. And that's one of the reasons of why it was worthwhile to bring in IF- IFAPA as a central hold in place. And everybody on the board were, were in agreement with that. So, we've tried to do it that way. But then there's some, some mechanisms that don't necessarily offer the same way of communicating the same type of resources out to people as as we would do if it was an independent group. When to answer your question, has it seen a knock on effect onto policies? I, I think for majority of countries, I believe it's too early to say because it was only just recently launched. And for policies it takes a while to to make implementations and enforcements into this. I think also the other thing is it's hard, it's not really fair to say it's only the report cards because as I mentioned, there was like four bits of work that have been leading up to this kind of charge. And that's, uh, you know, WHO guidelines, there's the UN reports, there's the Lancet paper, and now there's this report card uh, data. So it's hard to isolate if it only comes from one I think it's it might be a mix of any of these, but what I can say is from feedback from one of the countries. I probably shouldn't mention names, at the moment. But one of the countries I've worked with, I had someone come up to me and say, "You know, this is great what you've done." When they looked at and when they looked at a national report card for their own national purposes, and said, "This is exactly what we're looking for," because what it meant was that they could knock on the door of the of the policymaker and say this is the situation with regards to physical activity levels and so they've been able to leverage some financial money to uh, implement some of their work so although it hasn't really necessarily changed a policy what it has done is it's reinforced that a policy has been out there and that they needed funding to implement it and so they've been able to leverage it and uh, and that was that was very good to hear that someone's using it in that kind of direction to help them meet to that policy because you know uh, as you probably uh, uh, I'm I'm sure this is also the same with special education and adaptive physical education in the states as well sure that we've got these policies but implementing it you know, to make fair access for children with disabilities, just a, a dream for many people. You know, it's it doesn't. It, the implementation of it requires so many different other, not just financial resources, human resources, equipment, accessibility, and the willpower of the individuals, amongst all the others. You know that uh, when someone has directly reported that to me, I was like, "Wow, this is this is shown its uh, its potential being used in a right way, in a good way."
0: Yes, and actually that was my presentation at ISAPA was basically how in the U.S. we have laws that are very specific in an APE, um, but uh, we don't have very much enforcement of those laws and there's very little accountability on those things. So you're absolutely right, but, um, but very interesting and, and I definitely, um, I think that these can be used and I hope that they, they are used in those, in, in influencing policies. One last question before we get to the major findings um i see a lot of countries in here that like the us canada finland ireland spain france brazil uh, i see some asian countries such as the philippines and south korea uh i just want to know because i think it's 14 countries in all was there a was there a systematic way that you chose these countries or was it kind of based on the relevant people and data that was available?
1: We had um, several steps, several processes towards this. First of all, it started with regards to people that that were already either part of the global matrix of um, 4.0 or, that that, that, or people that I know have disability data. And then tried to persuade them to join the global, the Active Healthy Case Global Alliance. Um, so this is this is the main formation of that. And then afterwards, when we looked at the coverage of those countries, there was parts of the of the world that weren't covered. For example, South America, Oceania, Africa, a, and and also uh, North America, surprisingly. So once we got the special issue, we we, we were able to get um, submissions from North and South America. And that helped us cover different parts of the world. What we tried to do is we aimed to cover all of IFAPA. So IFAPA has seven regions. Um, that's uh, North America, South America, Europe, Africa, Asia, Oceania, and Middle East. Yeah, I mean when we checked them, there was places like Oceania were missing and Africa were missing. And um, even though we tried to reach out to them through Potentially, people who are familiar with this process, first of all, because it was actually quite a short time span from November of, um, of 2021. 20, um, and then the idea was that we were hoping to launch it also in November 22 at ISPA or around about then if we were trying to aim for the same time. So that would have been a one year project and to train people up to do it for the first time takes a significant amount of time. One of the main points of contact were people who were familiar with the process, whether they were doing it already this year, as in some countries don't do, aren't, aren't miss out on a cycle of of the global matrix one two three four, like Ireland didn't take part in global matrix three, but they did it in one two and four, and and so some other countries in in the regions where we didn't cover, we also tried to ask them if they could still where they would be interested in just being involved in this what's now called a power report card project. And, and unfortunately, that didn't uh, go forwards. But yeah, I mean, if we were to do it again, I think certainly, although you say that there's 14 countries and we cover quite a you know, quite an expansive part of the, of the world, you know, there's the other side of the coin as well, that there's only 14 countries and there's, you know, over almost 200 countries as part of the United Nations. So there's still a lot of gap to 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 cover in that. And even if that's way too ambitious, at least still there's the 60 countries of the global matrix four, And it's only one quarter of them, 14 over 60. Actually, it's 57, but so 14 over 57 is still only 25%.
0: Yeah, and that was not supposed to diminish whatsoever, because I think 14 is quite massive, really, when you put it in the context of a research study and and, then, you know, especially like um, it's a lot. Um, So, all right, we talked a little bit about the report card as a whole and some of your methodology we'll get into some of it um, after this too, but what were the major findings uh, that you saw in your research on it while comparing countries to one another in general uh, overall patterns that you saw?
1: Okay. So the the first thing I should probably report is the amount of information we were able to collect because there's quite a lot of concerns about there's not enough data on people with disabilities um, to generate any type of summary and what's interesting is that actually we were able to grade 55 percent so just over half of the grades we have more grades than we don't have grades or data for the grades across those countries across these 14 countries which was actually quite a promising result we had and um, you know anticipated that this would have been a high number of countries that didn't have enough grades and you know without going into specific details of each country and as i say that you can find these in the national report cards as well as in the global matrix you, you can see that some countries there was just a, only a few grades and then uh, some countries had nine out of the ten uh, grades data for grades and it's because of that range that it makes it interesting to see where to go forwards with this and also to then get a sense of of um of what the quality of is of the grade and how much you can stand by this type of information to to help people to understand how to make use of this type of information or these grades to to improve these grades going forwards. So generally speaking, you know, we've when you break it down into the individual behaviours and the the influences, uh, there's generally speaking, the individual behaviours generally ha- have lower grades. So it's to show that their behaviour levels are lower. So physical activity, organised sports, uh, that was the one I was missing earlier, active play, active transport, sedentary behaviour, they tended to have lower set of grades, so their behaviours are lower. Whereas with the sub- influences, they tended to have higher Amount of grades. What it means is that with family and friends, family and peers, or schools or community environment, if they've got the type of environment for this, it's taken some time before it has an effect on behavior. And this is a very common human behavioral issue. We know that the environment is a strong determinant of a person's behaviour. Like, if there is no physical activity opportunities out there, you're not going to get the person doing any physical activity. But if you provide the opportunity out there, then you might get some people doing physical activity. You know, and the the wish is that you would increase it from some to to higher levels of to almost all people up to being physically active. So that trend was very pronounced, and there's probably the strongest one is the was one particular indicator and that's the government, which is to kind of show and is to echo what uh, what we just talked about, that the ideas behind the government and the policies, they are meaningful and they're, they're good, but there's a gap between the policies of saying, yes, we want to get people to be physically active, even if they have disabilities, to actually people with disabilities to be physically active. That gap is where we, should be monitoring over 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 the different years also there really wasn't one country that stood out the most of all of them they you know of course all 10 you didn't see although you if you look at the matrix the, the matrix is like a hierarchical thing you might see yeah there's kind of fluctuations across those countries and you know no, none of the not really I wouldn't say any one country really, really stood out over everybody else. You might see the word Finland up in a few times, but there's but then afterwards it would be down in some other areas as well. That's also shown variation across the globe and that there's different strengths in different parts of the world to be picked up from.
0: And I, I have your matrix up right now that compares. And first off, um, just broadly I'll say that uh, I think all of your countries that were involved they got somewhere between a D minus, and I think one country got a C plus. I was looking at that a second ago. Um, but the, the ranges were not outstanding, to say, to say the least, on that stuff. So I'm looking at it. I see there's D, a lot of Ds and C, and I think Finland got a C plus. And America, the U.S., which a lot of people are going to be here, uh, that we had a D. And um, which is probably not great. And I think it's also totally understandable to hear about the data not being available, but that data not being available is a finding in itself, right? That we need to to do better on providing that data uh, and focusing on disability. I I have a specific question you brought this up and I was looking at your global matrix, which I'll post uh, links to on uh, my blog and on the podcast as well, so they can access all this and see these. And they're, they're pretty easy to read. Um, you brought up the government and the policies being a really key area. Interestingly, uh, the only incomplete nation in that is the U.S. But um, what I also just find is that this seems to be the area that there is higher marks in generally. And I and it's the only A-plus that you gave. So you gave one to Korea in there. And I just, I'm just i just curious, and maybe this is something that's getting too, too much of the nitty gritty right now. But I do wonder what the A plus looks like versus uh, Brazil or Canada or Poland um, that got in the D range. Like what? Like what is the data available that sh- that kind of shows that A to D range in the government? ranking?
1: Yeah. So the government issue is depends on most of the countries used what was called the Hepa Pact, which is the um, something coming from um, from. WHO Europe and uh, it was a policy it was a policy tool policy assessment tool I think HIPAA pact and basically on the documents that was available that would talk about uh, and provide policies for people with disabilities there would be you know you needed like a number of documents or to to specify that so that was how that was kind of scored I didn't actually work on the government indicated in any of the countries that I worked on. So I've always relied upon it from someone else who'd worked on that because they knew better how to use that policy policy tool. But what it basically means with Korea is that they had all the necessary documents to say that they uphold it within the within the law, and that that they try to either drive funding towards it or they try to make sure that that people's rights particular people's rights with disabilities can be physically active whereas something like a country with a lower grade they may not have had as much documentation or it was missing or it wasn't explicit enough so there is room for room for creating those legislations or those laws or or funding towards those programs
0: yeah and again it is quite interesting to read read through these to see where we're ranking. However, uh, from my perspective, the, the biggest thing that we're seeing is that we get. Uh, and, and again, I'll pull out the U.S. But the U.S. You know, we had an F in overall physical activity. We have a D plus in organized sport, and we have a D plus in sedentary behaviors. And I believe we're only there. And then we have a D for schools um so we ne- so we're either in the d or f range across the board uh, and then we have a lot of incompletes as well so to me it, it's very informative to me uh to say that we're probably not doing a great job a reporting information and b uh prioritizing physical activity and sport and such uh within that so i find this to be just, yeah, quite interesting. Um, any other uh, moments um, from kind of the global matrix in certain countries or even between countries that you saw?
1: Well, first of all, with regards to the <clears throat> the US, I think what's interesting is, is that the data availability is, it, it must be really challenging in the US because you've got some of the health surveys, national health surveys out there that might provide an indicator of physical activity. But, you know, you've got 52 states, don't you? You know, and it's difficult to 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 kind of collect 50 states, sorry, not 52, 50 states. Apologies. Uh, um, but yes, you, you know, you've got quite a lot of states to try to gather the information from. And then so what constitutes as an enough amount of data to cover the country? Should it be one? You know, should there be a statewide data collection from each state? That would be a very, very, very expensive study to do and then to include people with disabilities in there and to have the agreed measure on disabilities i don't know if you have the same type of disagreements that we have in europe about how to measure disabilities or whether there's a rights-based approach to having the 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 inclusion to disaggregate by disabilities which means that different measures are 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 there and present and i also then think that whether it's it's a grade f i mean this is where you've got to compare try to look at comparisons with the general population um, and how much grades were available in the. US first of all and and I would suggest looking at the national report card which uh, which was um, which was published in a special issue for that. Yeah, I think what's what's interesting as I, as i said is that we had countries that only had two grades and everything else was incomplete and as you say it is a finding in itself you know, it's it's a really big call for, you know, to go beyond the issue of saying that there's no data for disabilities, but actually specifying where do you not have data for disabilities in those countries. And then they've got to, in those countries, make provisions and ways to collect that type of data. So a big thing is, is on physical fitness, you know, you see only one country with that as an indicator and other countries just don't have it. And this is in the second paper in the special issue, we, we focus quite a lot about the weakness of uh, of fitness physical fitness testing and i suppose you know we've we have this in apa in for many many years but yet people are not really producing large-scale testing you know you've if you look at the different tests that we have even just for for one type of physical physical as a physical health measure as a physical fitness measure that there isn't you know countries are not necessarily producing it on a large scale as they as they should do and I think this is the same in the general population but the extent of what we have with children with disabilities can we use the 20 meter shuttle one for children with disabilities arguably no you need to find a different measure for that and uh, and and so on and so forth we can go into you know different coordination tests and strength tests and stuff like this so there needs to be some adaptations there and one of the things that we have in Finland is typically I talk about Finland because we have a national assessment on physical fitness but we also do adaptations for that but that data hasn't been made available which is why it wasn't graded in in Finland but maybe the next time around we might have some of that data to then show of those children with that data with using the adapted tests can we still show that they have met the benchmarks for us to understand what, what is the percentage that I've met that benchmark so therefore what grade we should set for for that for that country
0: I think there is a tremendous amount of information here uh, and, and again lack of information is a lot of information to tell us where we need to focus on and what's not being done because this data is obviously being used to uh, for non-disabled groups um, you know to influence things and such. So we should have the same data available and then be able to make comparisons and such and see what other countries are doing well, try to replicate them uh, and so on and so forth. Because there is a tremendous amount of information in here on those things. Um, I have just like two more questions I'm gonna ask one. So again, you had a humongous, uh, especially in our field, which as you said, like nobody's doing things on large scale, uh, you know, fitness testing and whatever, And that is somewhat the the issue in our APA research world. Is like things are often very small scale, and you know there's a lot of uh, constraints around that to be the reason why. So this is a pretty big international collaboration I've seen in the field. Maybe one of the biggest I've seen, um, being like as an international, the amount of people involved. Um, and, And with those collaboration, that massive collaboration, how do you how can those international collaborations help with data collection and then also dissemination efforts?
1: Um, I think there's quite a lot of lessons that I learned from this in that um, clearly across those countries, there's hardly any provision for physical fitness, very hardly any provisions for collecting data on active play. So we have to ask ourselves as a community, why is that the situation? And, Are there fitness tests being done in schools? If they are, is there a way of creating, pulling that information together into databases to share for research purposes? And from that research purposes, then researchers to be interested in in reporting on this because it's only through those mechanisms whereby these grades could have been, the data could have graded the data. the, 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 The data could have been made available to be graded. I think in each country, they should be asking themselves about that and if there's common ways of doing this. So one of the ways of going forwards has been the way of collecting data on disabilities. When you disaggregate by disabilities, if you look towards the census, there's this is another talk altogether, really. But in terms of like the census, they started off with the Washington Group from the World Bank and it's called the Washington Group because they met in Washington for the first time to talk about how to collect data on disabilities. It wasn't necessarily working when you asked people, do you have a disability? Yes or no? uh, Because there's large underreporting in different parts around the world. And when you want to make international comparisons, you, you want to make sure that the measure is usable in all different parts around the world, and not just in the Western world as we see it. And that's means involving research collaborations with people in the developing world and of other cultures and other backgrounds that could have a large influence on the overall overall picture in the world so typically for example you know you've got china and india which is masses over half the world's population likely to have large populations with disabilities if you look just alone with the paralympics you can see just by the size of their teams <clears throat> that they fill up a lot of the classifications and they perform and and they and they I think China's been head of the Paralympic medals tables quite a few times as well you know that's kind of one type of example of how do they answer the questions of disabilities and then afterwards is it the same way that we would ask it in the Western world uh, I, and I think this is where we have to really really stay focused within the disability, uh, sciences because it's not it's not just going to come from people in physical activity physical education and and sports because we've if you look at sports and you look at Paralympics you're looking at classification you're looking at different impairment groups and how they work in sports if you're looking at in the disability science and statistics side of things you're looking to make sure you get a true representation of the population that you're looking for and and from there then you can try use a tool that would then work with physical activity but i i'm not sure how many people in adaptive physical education or adaptive physical activity are reading that type of information or reading into that kind of work because i think we have as we have an issue where we can work with people in, in education sector in a, in a population sector and in the older population so where is our stance in apa With regards to disaggregating data by disability, and then in the school setting, you know, are we working with children with special educational needs? Is that a considered disability? So should we be asking about special educational needs, or is it something that we should still work with disabilities, even though they might not have special educational needs, that they they can still function on their own and they can still go to school, but they have impairments of some sort or another? So I think that's where we can play a role in terms of advancing the disability statistics science because currently our 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 existing measures are are not so relevant for physical activity. I'll be honest, they're not so relevant because the in terms of physical impairments, we just asked them if they have difficulties in walking. Is that sufficient enough for us to work with as PE teachers? I'm not sure. We ask questions about do they have difficulties in remembering things, difficulties in concentrating, difficulties in learning. Is that really helpful with such broad concepts to help us to help the child follow instructions well enough to have someone assisting them to to carry out the tasks, you know, and and so on and so forth. You know, do they have difficulties in seeing? Well, you know, it's uh, with or without glasses. and um, you know, it, it's it's this level of trying to trying to see how these questions are working, and we need to keep on using a, a set of questions that we're happy to share with others, so then we can make these international comparisons. Because what we've saw, saw with this is that sources of data might be coming from the schools, or it might be coming from government, or it might be coming from students, or it might be coming from parents, and that makes a different makes it different to compare between the different countries. Quite difficult, I would say, from from bringing this all together to say that here is the defin- a definitive answer of children with disabilities, for example, and their physical activity levels or, or their influences with regards to physical activity, because disability aspects of things is still lacking consensus. And, and that would be a nice step going forwards, consensus building for these survey instruments that are used
0: this is a humongous uh project in our world and just because it's hard and difficult does not mean it shouldn't be uh the endeavor shouldn't be taken because i think there's a ton here that we can make relevant at like local levels um as well as national levels um but we do it and i think the collaborations that you're doing kind of set the groundwork for that my last question for you is just so you've done all this work now, um, and I know this this uh, special issue just came out, what, about five, six months ago of that? Or um, And so my next question is, what now? Where is the project going in the future? What are your future plans with all of this?
1: I've tried to help identify that there's lots of things in play, and there's lots of directions to kind of go forwards. So one of the things that we are doing at the moment is just evaluating the whole process and trying to figure out you know the priority areas to go forwards in because I don't think any direction is not going to be the wrong direction but we need to have a specific direction that we can take this going forwards and at the moment the jury is not out yet on that area so it's it's uh it's not something i can i can share with you right now but what i can say is that uh, the evaluation process is going to be key to try to figure out how how, how this would go forwards and um looking forward to seeing that watch this space and uh and hopefully we'll we'll have that out for people to read and and to help them to decide also and help us decide where to go forward with that
0: well, we appreciate you being on the podcast and sharing your time and experiences and the whole report card with us and our listeners. I, again, I thank you for being on the podcast, but also just taking on this truly, like I keep saying humongous because that's I don't know another word for it, but this is a, a, the amount of people involved, the amount of countries involved. These are not things that we do in the field of adaptive disability activity often. Uh, just even just two countries uh and doing some type of collaborations that looks at both those different countries i'm not sure i've seen much of that so it, you you really have done uh quite a bit of work here and i'm excited to share this with our audience so thank you for being on the, the show
1: yeah thank you for um for the invitation and uh, i hope your listeners were able to grasp something from this and it's uh and also, you know, if people are interested, feel free to reach out to me as well. I'm sure you can put my uh, social uh, links out there, and um, and also email addresses are on the uh, on the papers. <laughs>